Welcome to the Fermit, everyone. We hope that everyone is holding up okay during these challenging times. To keep our team at Brown Family Wine Group engaged and linked into what is happening at the winery, we are introducing our brand new winery update podcasts. We'll be getting real-time information on what is and will be coming into our wineries and getting it out to you, our loyal Ferment listeners. Please enjoy the Ferment Winery Updates. Caroline, how are you getting on? Good, Harry, and yourself? Yeah, really, really well, thanks. I'm working from Studio 3, which is my home base in Wangaratta, and I'm actually out in the shed at the moment with all the... (laughs) uh, I might even get a photo of my setup to put on our email out when we let everyone know that we're putting these these fantastic new winery catch-up podcasts onto the ferment but yeah I'm staring at like a whole heap of off cuts of woods drop saws and things hanging off the ceiling of the shed and um, and just a heads up to our listeners I'm sort of in central Wangaratta but we've got a lot of trees not far from us so if you're hearing birds chirping and dogs barking you'll know why <laughs> what about you so 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 I'm in studio through you're you're going to be studio four where are you at the moment Okay, well, I'm at my home in East Gippsland, and I actually work from home a couple of days a week anyway, so I sort of feel like everyone's sort of getting a little glimpse into the um, sometimes lonely factor of working from home. It's all pretty much business as usual for me. You know, just just working from home, you just don't get that chance to go and say hello to someone, you know, out in the hallway or in the the lunchroom or the tea room or something like that. You know, for me, it's all talking with family and, and not about work. You know, generally it's the kids going, give me some food or something like that, you know, and, and using the, the, the tools that we now have to communicate with people. It's, a, it's certainly a new skill set that I haven't had an appreciation before, but certainly do have an appreciation for how you work so remotely. Yeah, definitely. I keep on trying to encourage my husband, Tim, to come home from work and work with me. He hasn't taken me up on the offer yet, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Don't take it to heart. Don't take it to heart. <laughs> no, I won't. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, a, I think, a testing time for all of us, whether you're still at work and practising your um, social and physical distancing or you are working from home. So hopefully... Um, Harry, I think we talked about doing these podcasts remotely, but we didn't quite think it would happen so quickly. We, we hope that these podcasts can bring a little a little joy to, to people wherever you're working. And did you get caught up in the panic buying? Are you, have you still got a, a roll of toilet paper in the house? <laughs> Look, I was actually overseas when it first started and I saw it on Facebook and couldn't believe that people were fighting over toilet paper. But then getting home and walking down the aisles of the supermarket, it became quite apparent very quickly that it was a thing. I missed the toilet paper craziness. I'm de- definitely down to the last few rolls, so I'm not sure what the next steps are. <laughs> but um, we got a, a delivery of yellow pages and white pages recently, so <laughs> I'm, I'm eyeing those off in the corner for next steps. Hopefully we don't have to get that far. The, the, uh, <laughs> the guys in customer service, though, they had a crack at me because when I thought, oh, I'm working from home, I'll grab a, a bit of printer paper just in case I need to print things out from home. And they're like, oh, have you run out of toilet paper, Harry? <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, crazy. I think the bigger issue is the um, alcohol panic buying, and I think at the moment that's quite 
good for us on Sunday night, just when they announced that Scott Morrison was about to make an announcement and things were about to change. There was a big kind of rush to all the bottle shops and my husband, Tim, went down to the local, <laughs> the local Nicholson pub to buy some beer and he came back with five cans. Oh, wow. And I've, never, I've, I've never seen a man look so, <laughs> so <laughs> disappointed in his life. A bit forlorn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know it's mm. life's tough when um, they're running out of great northern cans. So, oh, dear. Which, which for those who don't know are mid-strength beers. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's, I, I heard that, I, I, I think it was the, the CEO of CUB, he put out a media release or something like to the effect of, if we're shut down, beer will have run out in this country in three months. And I think that sparked the panic buy. <laughs> totally. Quite yeah. Clever tactic. We should start to think of what we can do about wine, I think. Yeah, very good. <laughs> All right, Caroline, we digressed a bit, but now we better get on to our uh, vintage catch-up. And we've got Joel Tilbrook to, to kick that off with Millowa. Sounds great. How are you going, Joel? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. Yeah, under the circumstances, I'm sure it's pretty flat out. Where are you working from? Are you in the office at Brown Brothers or are you having to work from home? I'm working from home at the moment. Um, we've split the winemaking team in two. Uh, so we've got some people working day shift and some people working afternoon shift. But uh, I'm working from home and then I pop into the winery in the evenings as, uh, as required. No, fair enough. So where are we up to at the moment? How far through vintage are we? How many tonnes have we got in? Yeah, we've done about 9,200 tonne as of this morning. So, um, you know, and just over 4,000 to go. So we're, we're getting there now, um, about three quarters of the way through. And we've done the more difficult part of vintage, um, if that makes sense. So it's largely things like uh, Gordo to make Moscato and Sienna uh, and stuff like that to come, which tend to come in, in in larger chunks. That will be, what, a total of somewhere around 13,000, is that right? It, about about 14,000 as yeah, grapes um, yeah. and a, about another just under 1,000 tonne as um, juice that we've had processed off-site for us. Yeah, brilliant. And so what's happened this week so far? What have we had coming into the winery? Yeah, this week it's been um, flat out on the, on the Gordo train, so lots of Moscato coming through the winery, which sort of just continued to sort of max out each day with that and Moscato's been coming in really well good flavors this year um yields are pretty stable um that's that's been looking really good we finished off Prosecco and then we've also been bringing in um some some reds like uh Malbec from Heathcote and some Yarra Valley Shiraz most of the Yarra Valley Pinot's now off but we're into the Syrah and how's the Malbec looking? Yeah the Malbec looks good Heathcote's had a really good year actually in terms of certainly in terms of quality a light crop year, and that's a theme right across, particularly the cool climate regions uh, of Australia. But yeah, Malbec has cropped light, but with a cool sort of end to the season, it's really just ripened up nice and slowly, which is which has been great for dialing up flavour without um, accumulating too much sugar. And and is it light, as in small bunches, small berries, or just that's been yeah, that's largely the thing. So we've seen smaller berries, which is which is often a good thing from a wine quality point of view, um, particularly with red wines, because um, you just get better con- concentration of those colours and flavours and tannins and things out of the skins. But a bit of a combination of small bunches and certainly small berries uh, across across the board. But yeah, Malbec came in quite light, whereas varieties like Merlot and, and Dolcetto at Heathcote were more in line with our expected yields. And how was the fruit handled? 
Yeah, so Machine, um, it was the second pick off off that block. We picked a little bit a few weeks ago for Rosé, and that uh, that looked pretty smart. And then the fruit that came in um, this week was was for our Malbec products, our table wine products. Machine picked, and like I said, it was only uh, about 13.5 FOME, so to sort of leave it later into the season like this and not accumulate too much sugar is always a, a positive sign. Um, it's one of those sort of trade-offs. Malbec is a, is a variety that gets quite juicy and juby in the fruit. It takes a little while to get the flavour to go with that stuff, so we um, we were pretty happy with the way it was looking towards the end. And into the winery, what's happened with it then? Just It's fermenting as we speak. Um, it'll be a reasonably cool ferment. I guess with Malbec, our style, and we've been refining it over the last few years now, but it's it's in that more medium-bodied, fruit-driven wine style, and it kind of just suits those opportunities where people are looking for a bit less oak, a bit less heaviness, I suppose, in their red wines. This drinks is quite a flavoursome, but a fresh, refreshing style, um, medium-body red wine. And, and what fermenters are we using? Uh, this is in a pot of fermenter, so it'll be drained down and, and pumped over. Any air maceration or just normal pump overs? Yeah, look, air maceration, we use that as a technique, you know, across the board, but on a needs um, basis. I think we'll probably do mainly drain downs on, on the Malbec. It's sort of just kicking off ferment, so it'll be assessed as we go through. So just given that we're, we're chasing that sort of lighter, more elegant style, it certainly puts it more in the French style than it does the Argentinian style. Yeah, that, that's right. And you'll see that across um, some of these other European varieties we're making as well, like Tempranillo, for example, where we've really honed into those fresher, brighter, fruit-driven styles. And that, it's not to say they're not with a level of complexity and sophistication. It's just we're not looking for that really ripe, really oaky age kind of material. We're trying to preserve that bright and fresh fruit. And Malbec's a, a good example of doing the same. Now, I'm really keen to find out about the innocent bystander Syrah, given that I did my own little bit of panic buying uh, <laughs> this week and included in that was a dozen bottles of the IB Syrah. So it's it's certainly one of my favourites. How, how did that go? It sounds like your panic buying and my panic buying are similar. <laughs> okay. I've, uh, I've been to Bunnings and, and Dan Murphy's, but um, yeah, I'm avoiding the supermarkets at all costs. <laughs> yeah, as you should. Yarra Valley Syrah looks looks really smart. Again, really light yields. So we're talking, um, we're talking Geringberg, for example, um, which was one of the ones that came in in the last week, was just under four tonne a hectare. So people that still talk in acres, divide that by 2.5 and you've got a pretty pretty low number. Really light yields in the Yarra Valley this year, but great quality. So we've had, in the last week, we've bought in Geringberg, Coombe Farm and Warramunda, so three vineyards that we source fruit from down there. And uh, and they're all in the winery at the moment, making some great parcels of Syrah for IB. Yeah, cool. Are we using the open top fermenters or a combination? Yeah, yeah, we are a combination of. So with these parcels, what we tend to do is we do a combo of machine picking and hand picking, and we use the the hand picked fruit as our whole bunch inclusion. Some of those parcels of wine are, are destemmed into our traditional kindergarten fermenters, and then some of the the wines are destemmed as well as direct tipping of the the whole bunches into the fermenter to do. Our ferments with a whole bunch of inclusion. And what sort of timings are we sort of plunging the cap of those in the open top fermenters? Like we've really tried. Or? It varies a lot by parcel. Yep. So one of the things that we've been working on um, quite a lot, particularly this season, is really looking at tasting things like Pinot and, and now that we're getting into Syrah and those bathtub fermenters, and really just understanding what sort of extraction we're getting out of them. And rather than taking a blanket approach of just hand plunging two or three times a day, you know, we hand plunge or we use air or we back off a little bit on some of the fermenters depending on what we're what we're getting out of them in terms of tannin and the likes. 
And particularly when you get a year with low yields and fairly small berries, it's, it's just important that you think about how you're extracting and what you're extracting out of um, out of the fruit. Yeah, I remember Steve Lamstead saying a, a while ago that if you you know if you've got caps that are like small berries, um, large whole bunch numbers in there, and it won't sort of plunge easily, just leave it alone and make sure it doesn't get stinky, you know, and, and manage it to to be a bit more elegant style coming through at the final stages. Yeah, that's right, and that's where we've. You know, we've got our air pulsing that we use in the kindergarten in those bathtubs as well. And that's really effective when we're going through a phase where we don't want to plunge a whole lot. We're able to just blast air into the, the ferment. And because the yeast are growing and fermenting and so active, and there's so much dissolved carbon dioxide getting produced and in the wine, that creates just a whole lot of activity. And essentially, you get a little kind of volcano of fresh juice just coming out over the top of the cap of the skins. Um, so it's a really gentle way. And, and it's also you know, really good for yeast health. So we can get some really healthy ferments by doing that. How sort of long before they'll end up in barrel? Uh, Look, soon after the ferment. Some of the parcels go into barrel, go through malolactic fermentation in barrel. Other times we like to sort of pipe them in tank, get them through malo and and put them into barrel when they're through malo and uh, and sulphur up. So it's a case-by-case basis. But, yeah, they'll all go into barrel and then we'll be starting um, to assess in the winter period those parcels and thinking about, you know, which ones we're earmarking for for mea culpa versus the standard Ibiza range. And what about the Millawa winery? So um, what's coming in over the next couple of days? Uh, over the next, yeah, Gordo, but Gordo finishes, you know, we'll finish Gordo next week. So all of our Moscato will be in and then we move on to Siena at Mystic Park. And aside from, I guess, there's a bit of finishing off of the Yarra. There's some reds, um, particularly Cabernets still to come in, but our focus over the next sort of two weeks is going to be Gordo then into Siena and you know, we'll be, uh, if not completely done by, by Easter, we'll be very, very close to it. Now, we had Kate was our second podcast interview for the ferment and Kate mentioned some new touchscreen implements going on to the presses. So how, yep. are, the, how are the team finding those? Yeah, good. We um, we upgraded the crusher control systems with, with touchscreens this year. So, you know, away from the old school dial-up, you know, physical sort of dials and through to a PLC-controlled touchscreen. That's been really good. And we also put a new press in as part of that. We were updating all of our control systems for, for the press, or the tank press area as well. Uh, and that's been great. It enables us to direct tip a lot more fruit, which is something we really like to do for Prosecco and um, Pinot Grigio and the likes, rather than putting it through the crusher at all. It's uh, it's just the machine harvested fruit tipped directly into the press. It's more gentle um, and it helps us get the, the juice away from the skins more quickly, which is what we're trying to do with those wine styles. And, and what size is that new press? Same as the existing XP, so it's about 35 tonne, 25 to 35 tonne, depending on the, the style of fruit, what you're trying to put through it. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge increase, though. When you, I remember the challenges of um, vintage and you know things coming in, and you, you don't want things like Pinot Grigio hanging out in the receival area for too long before you can get it direct tipped into a press. So yeah, to have another absolutely. press like that, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you consider that it's only a decade ago we started with Prosecco, we're up to doing 4,000 tonne of it now, yeah, um, or nearly 4,000 tonne. It's, it's a big part of what we do. So this press really helps us to scale up and support that product. Now, you mentioned a little bit at the start about some of your team's activities around COVID-19. Are there other things that you're having to implement out in the winery to, to keep the safety up for the team out there? 
Yeah, there are. And I suppose, like all of us, it's a, it's a moving feast at the moment. We're doing everything we can to follow all the guidelines, the recommendations that are in place. We've separated the winemaking team and some of the other critical winery management lab kind of roles so that we're running off different shifts and not coming into contact at all face-to-face. And we supplement that with, you know, team meetings over the phone and the likes. We've also, because we run in the winery with three eight-hour shifts, we've been able to keep quite a bit of separation between shifts in terms of people not crossing paths. And then we've really upweighted a lot of the sanitation kind of things. So the, the hand washing and the spraying down surfaces regularly just to make sure we keep up. Um, the hygiene and follow all those recommendations and then obviously when people are on shift it's um you know it's all of the things that are being recommended around social distancing and keeping space given a lot of the work happens outside rather than being in an enclosed office environment that certainly helps as well all right joel we might leave it there i don't want to take up too much of your time if you're happy if we could potentially have a catch-up next week and see how things are tracking no worries mate beautiful all right have a great day cheers bye That was the Ferment Winery Updates. If you have any feedback for us at the Ferment or want to send us some questions to ask our winemaking teams, then send us an email, theferment at brownfamilywinegroup.com.au. So thanks for listening to the Ferment, everyone. Stay safe out there, chase hard and look out for each other.